Well, hello, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are around this wonderful country, a wonderful land, wonderful world, tuning in to the My Love of Golf podcast for another week. Another episode where I'm joined by the two greatest men in my golfing life, keeping me going through lockdown 17.0. It's the wonderful Yes It Can Only Be. Rodney Rocket Heron, how are you, son? I'm very good. I've been okay. The, yeah, the lockdown. I don't want to go into it, but when I we talked about it, it's been a struggle. It's been a battle. Got a little bit negative. Okay. I've tried to ease off Bryson. <laughs> I've deleted my social media apps. <laughs> social media lockdown seventeenth. Oh, 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 sorry, oh. it's your seventeenth go at locking your social media apps down. <laughs> I've yeah. So the Knights of Einstein have probably put the queue in the rack for 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 a while, and I don't know. I've got to get out of my funk and. Well, taking some drastic measures. Well, we checked in there earlier on, and I do get nervous when when I see you go quiet on the socials, and you know it doesn't take too long to peel back and go, "Oh, Rocket's having a rest again," which which is a good thing, and it's a solid strategy uh, for any reason. Um, but I do I do always get nervous when I see oh, there's no tweets coming through, there's no Bryson bashing, uh, no Knights of Einstein, but uh, it's good to see you, mate. Have you have you seen the the um the um logo that i have in my profiles oh that changes a fair bit too depending on oh no it doesn't no no i changed them the other day quite deliberately into in the twitter sphere in the instagrams i did say i did say a change but i didn't say what it was what is it what have you done a- abc tv test pattern oh yeah <laughs> who has who cannot who cannot forget waking up to the test pattern at like two or three o'clock in the morning, especially when the old days of watching golf, you know, the old the old Open Championship <laughs> late on a night, and we're like, and then you, all you hear is this. Beep. Uh, my my dad will probably be listening uh, this far. He usually cuts out uh, at some point in the journey, but uh, yeah, no, he he was pretty good at that. He was pretty good at that, and I tell you, um, and that's not having a go at my dad because if. There was a test pattern on past around 11.30, which is when it used, used to come on. Uh, I would have been, that would have been the most watched show for me of recent times because uh, I've been doing some late night watching of uh, the golf and other various things and sitting in here. Um, yeah, but the, the, the circadian rhythms are just out of, out of whack, let alone golf circadian rhythms, but they're just a bit out of whack. Um, Mike, how are you? Yeah, pretty similar to Rocket, just a bit, uh, a bit tired, a bit, it's a bit, uh, yeah, it's it's very tiring doing a whole lot of nothing at the minute. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm like every, most everyone else in in um, definitely in Australia. But I'm in lockdown on the east coast in Melbourne, but um, I'm I'm in super duper lockdown uh, triple time. So I conveniently went to a supermarket that turned out to be a tier one site. So I'm in 14 days of uh, not leaving my two bedroom unit, which my wife and I are super happy about. She she normally does all the shopping in lockdowns and. I did the Good Samaritan thing to shoot up to the shops and grab a couple of light globes for myself and a neighbour. And in the 10 minutes I was there, I put my foot right in it. And now I, are, I am where we are. And the wife has made a very, very stern warning that's I'm not to be going to the supermarket anymore. Oh, dear. Oh, well, mate, um, I'm, I'm sure you've got some great that's, information. That's, that's well-planned. That's a good strategy. <laughs> That's a good exactly. future strategy. Yeah. I was about to say, I'm sure you've got some great information for us because uh, you've been watching a bit of golf and you're usually uh, across all of the stats, informations and uh, other bits of ancillary information that we look to you for. It's been a fairly reasonable week on the golf sphere uh, in terms of golf watching and golf tournaments and an enjoyable one, an enjoyable one. Nearly nearly an Australian, couple of Australian triumphs, but... Um, certainly a win nonetheless if we go straight to uh, the Herbinator, the Bendigo Bandit, the Bendigo Baguette, uh, Lucas Herbert securing his PGA Tour card. At, um, I, I told everyone that he was going across to the Boise Open a few weeks ago to as part of the Scorn Ferry finals. How did he secure it, Mike? So he had enough Fed- FedEx points through his yeah. ranking. So he gets into the, um, the first event, which is the first of their three events, and it's effectively... Um, Whoever scores the most points gets, if you finish in the top 25 ranks after those points, uh, you get a card. And um, there's a certain rule around where you finish in the first couple. I think you got to finish at a, what is it, top couple? Rocket? Top five. Top five. And you're automatically in straight away. So he got in. So he had enough yeah. points and finished in the top five. So that's it. Bang, bang. Yeah. So finished in top five. So he secured his card. And now the next couple of events on the Corn Ferry, it's about playing 
to improve his status. So it means he can um, get a little bit more flexibility in the schedule in terms of his ranking going into the into the new season. Yeah. And so, he's already scouting out different sites for where he wants to play. I saw. <laughs> so I think um, you know, if- I don't think there's an event in Georgia. <laughs> so what the boys, boys are laughing at, if you if you follow us, you're probably a good fair chance you follow Lucas. So every Australian golfer follows Lucas. Um, but yeah, no, he he jumped on the plane to go to Columbus, Ohio, and ended up in Columbus, Georgia, and didn't realise until he got off the ground there and uh, turned his uh, navigation on and uh, realised he was nowhere near Columbus, Ohio. You'd have the inside word. Does he book? Is he booking that himself and making that mistake, or has I'm, someone else done it? Or I, you know what? I I think if if I asked, um, you know, Jamie every time Lucas does something, and it's usually obviously to the good, you know, it it get fed up. So I just keep that sort of yeah. not distant, but you know what I mean. Like I wouldn't yeah. jump on the phone and go, "Hey, what did he do?" Because I think yeah. it's fairly obvious he, he stuffed up. So yeah. I'll just leave them to do that. But um, in terms of booking, no, I I I don't know. I know that they've been sort of sort of separate for a couple of weeks, you know, maybe not last yep. week, but, um, you know, they he went off to Chicago and did some stuff and then the other w- two Wouldn't be away. surprised if he's he's booked it. Yeah. Probably. But, yeah, um, yeah Lucas Herbert um, ended up in uh, Columbus, Georgia. What was it? George, uh, Columbus, Columbus, Georgia. Columbus, Georgia. Yeah. yeah. And uh, should have been. Nowhere Columbus, near Columbus, Ohio. Ohio. No. I'm sure he's got it sorted out since, but um, Pew Dog. Yeah, he had to crutch, catch another three-hour flight on a really small plane to get to get there so it's cost him a bit of time but you know it's do you know what it might be the it could be the right thing where it's like he might relax a little bit after it because he's done something stupid yeah and, but then at the same time you know i was thinking about it before you think about all the things he's probably done we'll call it in 2021 or at the end of 2020 and the things that he's put in place and you know who knows what the whole strategy and and theme was for that we'll call it team herbie but you know, it's really good to see him sort of execute it and pull it off. So, you know, kudos to them and the mm. effort they've put in, you know. Well, you can go and listen to one of the podcasts uh, with Lucas and Jamie and myself after he won the Irish Open, which was a, few, a month or so ago. And and we backtrack over the end of last year because, as we discussed, you know, he, he chose not to go back to Dubai, chose to stay in Australia you know, I was lucky enough to catch up with him and have that round of golf with he, Jamie, and Luke Mackey. As I've discussed before, great experience. But just, you know, what I learned from them, it was, you know, Lucas does Lucas, and he's fairly fixed. He was fairly um, fixed on making this tilt at the PGA Tour and getting himself, you know, set as best as he can from that and avoiding going back to uh, Dubai for those, you know, two weeks of tournaments plus another two weeks of uh, quarantine over Christmas. He didn't want to do that because he knew his motivation was PGA Tour and he had to set himself up as best as he could to be away from his family, friends and loved ones for as long as possible, which meant basing himself in the States, which is what he's done. And, you know, he's played in three or four majors, had some, de- you know, reasonable finishes in, in the ones that he's made the cut. Um, obviously had his win in Europe, had some other very, very strong uh, performances played in the WGCs and just earned enough points then to put himself in that position going into the Boise to finish, what was he, T4? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. T4, secure, secure his card. Um, and, you know, that part of the job's done. And he was very, very firm and fixed on on achieving that. And, you know, in terms of having fun and having a joke and doing all of those other things, you know, like he, he's he's done that along the way. He's had a, He hasn't sacrificed a glass of red wine if he's, you know, wanted to chill out and do that sort of thing. And, yeah. and he's done it his way and done it pretty well. And, um, you know, I think a few people have been sort of piping up saying, look out, PGA Tour, PGA Tour regulars, look out, because this young fella from Bendigo who um, hits the ball pretty well is a supreme ball striker and can go deep. Very No, the other thing as well, on the greens, he's a blade. Yeah. Yeah, look out. You know, a lot of people saying could could be a, a smoky in, uh, in the fixtures on the events that he plays in next year, and I don't doubt well, it. Yeah, well, the thing is, that, you know, I guess the strategy, obviously, being on the European Tour, the the win in the Irish is just almost like solidifying and making sure that you know he's like, okay, I've got, I've got my card locked up here, and then it's like now pivoting to go right now. Let's have a tilt at this, and knowing that it's one of those things where if he doesn't succeed, he didn't, he wasn't going to be left with nowhere to play. It was like, okay, if yeah. I don't succeed, yeah, he, I've got a, I've got a fallback, right? And but the thing is, though, he's. He's played and executed and 
for me, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to do out there. Um, because the other thing as well, because I know he's he's come over randomly, um, obviously for different events, and hasn't, except for recently, probably hasn't performed as he would like in a lot of those. But it's really hard when you're traveling back and forth all the time and you're going from Europe into the US, different conditions and stuff like that. So being able to sort of base himself there um, and get a bit more consistency, picking the courses that he, in the tournaments and, and early and trying to find a little bit of form and just playing in the same sort of conditions. And you're right, it's like he's driving and putting – his wedge game is fantastic. So I think if he gets all those things kind of dialed in, I would not be surprised to see early success from, you know, let's say whenever he starts, whether or not he, he goes, do you know what, I'm going to play as many events as humanly possible when the new season starts before to try and, you know, make a dent because then that also changes his um, his possibility of his schedule in, in yeah. into 2022, right? So it's really important to, to make a dent early. Um so I'm certain getting excited for, to oh, see what happens. I'm with you. I think I think that would be exactly what I'd do if I was him. Aussies have historically been so good on the West Coast. Um, the conditions are going to suit him. It's early days, so the super duper top tier players have a little bit of a holiday. He can really make hay while the sun shines through the West Coast, through the Safeway. Um, even if he gets over to Hawaii, he gets Shriners, to Sony. Shriners in Vegas. Exactly. That's the sort of stuff you could see him playing really well. And like we, you know, same as the guys like Cam Davis has always done well over there. Um, it, it just seems that for some reason it just suits Aussies. The, the conditions, the weather, whatever it is, we just play well on the West Coast. So I think exactly what I'll do is get in there early. Well, it was great to see that uh, vision of Lucas on that final hole and just fizz one up there. Up there, what a shot! What a what a great shot! I've, I watched him do that with forty-five-year-old worn-out blades play shots like that, and it just unbelievable but uh you know to hit it in low skip it up the fairway uh it's up the green sorry and just spin it on a dime right at the hole roll the putt in from the side and give the loudest low five to his caddy uh ever recorded in uh pga tour audio history um that was it was a very good moment i remember him doing that when he was a 16 year old as an amateur Mm. and going head to head with dave branston at the heritage classic rocket 16 year old yeah it was funny because it was a it was a um, a week where I expected your boy to go really, really well. And I, I, I actually see, I could be completely wrong and drawing a very long bow, but Lucas and Bobby Mack, I see them as pretty similar. Like when I watch them and when I rate them, they've got super duper highs and go super deep. I feel like there's times when they can lose a plot a little bit and go south. And I feel like Herbie in the last sort of six months has really started to get rid of that. And so so has Bobby Mack. Yeah, but cons- getting I, I the consistency back in, yeah. you know, getting rid of those. We saw it at the the um, the Irish, right? Those That first that first eight holes where it was all over the place. Historically, that would have been he's three, four over. And, you know, but it was like he was just, it's like there's something that's sort of, clicked somewhere where he's able yep. to kind of i know i'm playing bad but i'm going to grip my teeth and gr- and just yep. hold on for dear life until i can exactly. just turn something around and it was a it was a super super result this week like it was rock rock solid so uh bobby max missed the cut mm. um and lucas has shot 69 64 68 66 that's rock solid golf that, and that's the and if he does that on if he translates that to the pga tour mm. It, that's money. I think I heard the interview with him when he came off the course and said, you know, like that's that I could really feel the pressure there. And that last round to know that he was really feeling the pressure um, and it was super duper amped up and he knows what's on the line and he shot 66. That's great golf. Yeah. Well, a lot of love here for Lucas. Uh, yes, uh, my boy, other boy, um, the Urban Express, the uh, Mr. Cut. So what, where does that leave him? He's got to turn back up this week and see if he can do that this week in the in the corn yeah field. yep yeah so he, he wants to finish high up Bobby Mack and then get through um the, I was looking at the data golf guesstimates and they still have him sitting at a 50 percent chance to get his card but obviously uh those all sort of they're based on his ability and how he's performed so I'll be interesting to see he but he he definitely wouldn't want to uh, he wouldn't want to have the same week as he did last week and the other big uh, European tour specialist that came across and uh, rated a PGA Tour card was Aaron Rye, who we've talked about in the, um, previously. Won the Scottish Open not uh, this year, but last year. Plays with two gloves. Uh, coached out of the boys from me and my golf, Andy Proudman, former guest on the on the uh, on the podcast. Um, 
yeah, I'm 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 an Aaron Rye fan. I don't I don't mind Aaron. He, he just gets about his business, and he's he's gone up and up in terms of his game. He's um you know he doesn't attract a big level of attention you know from the media. He just gets gets the job done. But yeah, you know, here here we've got another European Tour specialist. Well, what we thought um a European Tour specialist now moving on to the PGA Tour. Well done, Aaron Rye. Much much form on Aaron Rye there, uh, Mike. You ever keep any dibs on as? No, don't don't. Keep as much form on the Euro Tour players, but um, yeah, he's definitely going around again this week. All three of them are Herbie, um, Bobby Mack, and Aaron Rye, all playing game this week. Aaron had a big twenty nineteen, I mm. think, from memory. I think he won like a couple of events in a row. Well, he won that Rolex event, uh, twenty nineteen, no, twenty twenty. Um, I can't remember. I don't the, think they played a lot in twenty twenty, but I oh, he won the Scottish Open. That's right, he did too. Yeah. Um, now, but I think. I think the year before that, I think he'd won a couple in a row. Hmm. What I was going to say is then moving into the European Tour and sort of still linked to Herbie somewhat. So it's getting to the pointy end of that season as well. You've got some uh, Ryder Cup uh, players trying to flex some gamesmanship in terms of um, getting one of those last spots on the Ryder Cup team. Where did we play? It was the Czech Masters um, in Prague. In Prague. Uh, course Course looked okay. Looked okay. But uh, we had Johannes Veerman taking that one out. And Johannes Veerman, the link to Herbie there, is when Herbie won this year in, in the Irish Open. He was going toe-to-toe with Johannes Veerman, uh, with Pew Dog on his bag, who was the former caddy of Johannes Veerman. So, yeah, I remember when we talked to uh, Lucas about that win, you know, we sort of just reflected on Johannes for a minute and he just, you know, had high, very high praise for Johannes and forecast that he would get a win fairly soon. And uh, it's come last weekend at the uh, Czech Masters. A young American, you know, following the the Brooks Kepka trail of, um, you know, plying his trade in Europe. And, yeah, he looks like a, a great golfer, you know, wonderful golf mm. swing, great demeanour, very personable. And uh, obviously got the job done in the final group, playing alongside one of the greats, you've got to admit, you know, playing alongside Henrik Stenson. And uh, just froze both he and, um, what's your Pulkinen's first name? Tapio? Tapio, Tapio, that's it, Tapio yeah. Pulkinen, uh, who both those guys um, had a chance uh, with uh, three to play mm-hmm. and um, Henrik dunked it in the water on the par three 16th and then um, Pulkinen birdied, who else? Um, uh, he, yeah. Ve- um, Veerman birdied, one behind and then Pulkinen just uh, yeah, bottled it in the last two holes and Veerman just mm-hmm. um, held his nerve and played very nicely. I think he was almost shocked. Um Dearman, when he when he teed off on eighteen, he absolutely striped it. It was a ripping shot, and um, Pukenen hits it into the right rough, and wasn't a great lie. But as we were just sort of saying before we started recording, that, that the shot that he took on to clear the water was, you know, not super super difficult from an okay lie, but that wasn't the best lie. That was just I don't know whether it was one where you'd want to lay up, but I don't know he looked like it was either a miss hit that sort of the club was grabbed by the grass and turned it over a bit, but where the ball was going was definitely the, the thin part of the green. So I think that as soon as that that hit the water, Dibman had a look on his face like, I need to control myself here because I'm, I'm going to win this now and I've just got to hit the middle of the green. And mm. I think he was a little bit shocked and you could see him try to settle himself a little bit to make sure he, he got that shot, middle of the green, two parts from here and we're home. Uh, do you agree, Mike? Solid golfer. Will we see more from Johannes Veerman uh, next year? Yeah, I've seen obviously only bits and pieces of him. Um, from, from what you see of him, he's certainly built like a brick outhouse. He's a big boy. Um, he's, he hits the ball well. Um, it's one of those ones, though. It's it's that next step up is a big step. It's mm. it's, it's not like it's um, you know it's like playing reserves footy in the AFL and stepping up to seniors. It's it is a big difference, even though you're in the same world. I, I could see him playing some good golf, but I think he's I'd probably put him just a smidge behind Herbie, and that's if I'm looking at it like that. We'll leave the footy references to the end of the podcast because, you know, on this Zoom, I'm separating separating you two. <laughs> I'm, you know, I am digitally separating you for a reason. Yeah, uh, good versus bad, <laughs> yep. Um, now, oh, don't put your team down like that. <laughs> uh, we'll leave it to the end. Uh, Rocket, now, um, in terms of European tour, and we mentioned the, uh, the great man, one of the finest golfers that I've ever had the privilege to watch in real life, Henrik Stenson, is he going to make the Ryder Cup team? Depends on his play for the next couple of weeks, right? This doesn't hurt, um, considering that he's had he's been pretty average for the last sort of eighteen months. Um, he's still a fair way down on the list, so it's it's definitely going to have to rely on a captain's pick. So for him, he just needs to be just hot. 
he needs to do this for the next couple of weeks um, before um, Pudrig has to make a pick. So he really needs to just light it up again next week and be a four man. And I think that'll be that might get him in. Okay. Well, would you would you have him on the team if you were Padraig, considering yep. you would? Yeah. Just because he's, he's so, so the thing is, you got whistling. St- See, here's the thing: is that the Ryder Cup foursomes is a is their Achilles heel, and Henrik Stenson is the right sort of person to have in the foursomes. So a ball striker, and that's the thing where Europe Europe stand out. They, they give up the length, but the thing is, though, from tee to green, they're really solid. So in the foursomes, that puts them in a massive advantage, and that's why they crush the US all the time because the US haven't got enough of those guys that are just really good ball strikers, and and they don't pair them pair the right ones together to make sure they get the most out of foursomes. So you don't have to be amazing putters in foursomes. You just need to make the least amount of mistakes possible. And Stenson, Tita Green, is as good as anyone on the planet, even still today. So I would, you know, someone like him and Poulter, Stenson and Westwood, whatever it is, a couple of ball strikers like that, they would crush most US teams. Okay. So we're tipping tipping uh, Stenson to be in there. If he plays well again next week and the week after. Okay. How did, um, how's Ian going in terms of captain's picks? I think he's doing all right. So he's, he's not far out of the, the points side of it, um, but his form for the last month has been really good. So, again, he's one where if he doesn't get picked, I'd be very, very surprised because he goes to another level. And what was great was watching um, the Euro, no, the uh, Ryder Cup. Twitter handle posting the longer version of um, the Ian Poulter video when he's talking to his son Luke, which was just you know everyone's seen the photo, but actually hearing the hearing the footage, like hearing what he's saying to his son, like and because I'm an Ian Poulter follower, um, also you know you watch Luke from then to now. And, you know, when, when he goes, you know, this is why you got to practice. And he, I get a little bit emotional because it's like father talking to a son, right? And um, and you see, he said, this is why you got to, he's repeating to him, this is why you got to practice. This is why you got to practice. And his kid does. He, he, he grinds it out. He's, what, he's still only 17 and he's, he's a grinder. He puts in the work. And, it, and, it, and if you see some of the results, it's paying off, right? The kid... The kid could be something special. Okay. Well, we we love. Um, what's a young fellow's name? Uh, Luke. 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 Luke Poulter. That's it. He's the one that uh, had the injury and played. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Had a broken. Had a fracture in his foot and still finished it. No, no. Did his knee. Did his knee. That's it. No, did his knee and he still played the last nine holes in extreme pain. Like that's like. Ian's building some tough kids. Well, Ian finished uh, T31 last week. Uh, while we're talking about Ryder Cuppers, uh, Lee Westwood, T27. Uh, Shane Lowry, uh, T11. Um, anyone else above him? Alex Noren's probably not in the frame. Is Alex Noren in the frame for Ryder Cup? Noren, uh, I think Pulitzer's around 20. I know um, Stenson's a bit lower, but again, like Rocket said, if he plays a couple of good weeks, you never know. Uh, Noren, yeah, I'm not Stens- sure. Stenson is like six. That. Um, I've got the chart up here. Yeah, um, Poulter's 20. Mr. Nuren. Yeah, he's a lot further down than that. He's been too erratic for the last 18 months. I saw um, Stenson was um, having a round today at Liberty National with Ash Barty. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. For the, uh, the US Open tennis starting, I think, isn't it? Actually, Noren's not even on the list. As Barty, a fine golfer, as his, as is her partner Gaz, a mad Liverpool fan, as you've been, as we've spoken about before. Um, just thanks to Liverpool for sending up part of Midlothian, uh, one of their players who's been sitting on the bench but had had some Liverpool first team minutes. Um, just got a season long uh, loan up to Heart of Midlothian. Thank you. Um, anyway, uh, who else? Um, let's move on to the PGA Tour, the Northern Trust, and then we'll finish off with the. Uh, what else we got? We got the um, Aussie Rod Pamps. 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 Let's talk about yeah. Pam- Let's talk about Pamps. The old yeah, boy. Pamps one. He the, did the the swing that never ages. He built a swing that never aged with uh, Gary Edwin. Uh, Gary Edwin sort of swing style disciple is Rod Pampling. 
and uh, it's still performing very well. Yeah, it's it came out of the blue. I mean, he was around the mark coming into the the third round. They only played the three rounds, but I think I think everyone kind of expected one of the bigger names. Uh, he had Lumpy Heron behind him, Billy Mayfair, Jim Furyk, all and Checker all coming. Um, yeah, and he, uh, Furyk only shot two under to finish at eleven, and and Pamsa shot six under to get to twelve and win it. That's yeah, that's fantastic. He snatched it. Which is really good because I think it was, I can't remember how long it was, but it was a long time between drinks and his first win on the on the Champions Tour. So it's a great result. What sort of coin does Pamps pick up for a win there? Well, that's a good question. I don't the know. Per, oh, the purse was two point one, so usually the eighteen percent rule. So yeah. it's probably about four hundred k. Yeah, I would have guessed something around there. Yeah, well, so it's, it's not to be sneezed at. Pay a couple of bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple. Just gets a couple of bills out of the way. There's a few Minwoo Lees in that. (laughs) (laughs) And a couple of Colin Morikawas. I wonder how many many new sets he picks up there. Uh, He's he's playing playing Strixon? What does he play with? He's always been a Strixon guy for like ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Minwoo Lee, he moves to uh, um, Crohn's Montana. In, uh, in Switzerland for the uh, Amiga Masters uh, this weekend. Been posting some stuff, blown away by The View. I think he's been there before, but um, it's great to see Minwoo back in Europe. Uh, should, yeah. should go pretty well. Could could go pretty well in uh, in Europe at altitude Definitely. with his length, uh, a few drivable holes. It looks a bit tight in some parts, uh, that course, but uh, I'm sure he could uh, pull, pull Stinger, Stinger's own out. He's become so well-known for his Stingers. Like people it's, just love uh, love watching Minwoo Lee hit stingers. Yeah, I could watch it all day. <laughs> he, he, he loves he loves doing it. Like he yeah. he like is equally excited to do them. I remember when it was I, not. No, no, we we joke about this, but I, I'm sure it was the day you played with him. I followed that group around. That was either the pro am I followed him or round one up in Sydney, and I stood, you know, but two holes ahead of him, stood behind the tee box, right behind where he's going to tee off and then basically got the down the line footage so I could stand there and video it and he just happened to hit the stinger. So I was like, this is the best video. I love it. And I was sitting at home about a week later and he puts up on his socials, has anyone got any videos of me playing golf last week in Sydney? And I said, oh, here you go. He's one of you hitting a stinger. He loved it. <laughs> so <laughs> you're not wrong. He must love it. He's asking people to send him videos of it. <laughs> Have you still got that video? Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Send it again, I'll, please. I'll send it to you. Send it to me. I reckon it's on Insta. I reckon I might have put it on Instagram. I'll have a look. So we didn't we didn't know each other then. So you oh, might have you oh, might have I, won't, I won't see it for probably three months, but send it to me anyway. <laughs> I'm not sure if I've met, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this uh before, Mike, but I actually was playing with Min Woo there that day. <laughs> I, just, I did hear that. <laughs> okay. He went on to win the European tour as well after that. I didn't um, I didn't take any videos of you, I don't think, but I will go and check. I uh Yeah, no. Anyway, that's not about me. I hit some of the, I hit a couple of the best drives I've ever hit that just followed up with bladed fifty-four degree wedges into TV. Uh, thankfully, um, uh, empty TV stands, but um, I just bladed a couple of wedges into the TV stands because there were some cameras around. Uh, yeah. I think I hit the boat at the back of that green. You know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever the eighth or the ninth or whatever it is, or seventh or something like that. They, they, they park a boat in the dam. I just. Pulled one down the middle and then just bladed one into the gel coat. Pretty much, it was terrible. <laughs> I oh, think uh, he's, I think he, I think you're right though. I think um, this week he could go quite well. And I think actually I think Wade Ormsby sets up pretty well. Um, hmm. He's playing there this week too. I could see him having a reasonable week as well in Europe. It should a, be good. Got a message from Wade the other day. He's uh, glad to be back over there. Still scratching his head and feels for all of us uh, down here in Australia. He just. Uh, Anyway, he's. Uh, I said, wished him well, and um, congrats on getting back over to Europe and and getting getting on there. So good luck to you, Wade, another friend of the podcast. Um, Actually, the the, uh, the next five weeks on the European tour is like it's set up for some really good watching. So you got Amiga Masters, obviously in um, Cranserie, I think it is, which is a quite a well known course, mm-hmm. and then obviously you've got Switzerland, right? It's beautiful. Then you've got the Italian Open. At uh, Marco Simone, and then we've got the uh, BMW PGA at Wentworth. 
like that just reminds me of the old Sun Tory world match play. That was some fantastic viewing back in the day until they destroyed the 18th hole. Then you've got the KLM at Bernadus Golf Course, which was designed by Kyle Phillips, who also did the renovation of uh, Cow Club. And that course looks spectacular. It's quite new, so it's a little bit um, sandbelty, linksy kind of sand hills, sand valley meets some European country. Um, and then straight after that, you've got the Alfred Dunhill at the, uh, at the old course and a few of the old other courses next to it. Well, that's Simeone. That's the one where they're playing the Ryder Cup in. Oh, they are too. That's right. We were talking about this the other day. I'm like, why does this name look familiar? Because I said, why would they name it after a soccer player? Yeah, that's right. No, I was I was very confused. Yeah, that's right. We were trading history. I wonder will the Dunhill be will it be being that it's in the UK? Will it be? you know, the celebrity pro am type format that they usually do, do you think? Have to be. Have to be over there. Don't know. Don't know. I've got a funny feeling they played a tournament not long ago where they had a had a um celebrity portion to it. Might have been the women's tour, but I I reckon there was one not long ago in Europe where they had definitely had a pro am piece to it. So yeah, I, I reckon they do would. it. Yeah. I still miss the old Dunhill Cup when you had the, the teams playing each other yeah. that was another yeah. that was another beauty of late night september in the I, 80s and 90s i enjoy watching that you know you get to see the old course carnoustie and king's barns you get to see a few celebs some can play some couldn't hit hit the side of a barn door but um you know it's money talks in terms of celebrity status getting a game on that one uh, unless yeah. you're shane warn um warn will probably stay over there for you know after commentating the cricket and and uh stay up there yeah. for that um, but yeah, I love watching all of the, the golf up around there. I love it. Um, now, while we're in Europe, so this week, who are we going to tip this week for uh, the Amiga European Masters at Cran Cercier? Cran I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, Wade. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Sticking with the Aussie, good. Wade Sticking with the Aussie. Okay. What about you, Rocket? Who are you going to go with? R- 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 uh, Rory's playing. <laughs> Sabatini. That is. Oh, Sabatini. <laughs> I'll still this the stands for either Rory. Um, <laughs> if you want, if you want some names, let me know so I can start reading. Um, let's go a bit of Minwoo. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Well, have you done a Scots market? Because there's about seventeen of them in there. Is Adam Scott oh. playing? No, <laughs> there's no Adam Scott. Poor Adam Scott missed the cut last week in the uh, uh, in the um, first round of the in the Northern Scott, Scott Jamison is playing. There's another, yes. and he's. He, He's a Scott. Yeah. There you go, double Scott. Well, he is. Scott Jamison is a Scott, both the one that you and top, I know and the one that's playing golf. Top <laughs> Scott market is Callum Hill, Richie Ramsey, Grant Forrest, Connor Syme, David Law, David Drysdale, Scott Jamison, Stephen Gallagher and Mark Warren. Okay, I'm going to go Grant Forrest to back up. I, the, I knew you were going Grant Forrest. The, the, the North the North Berwick, um, North Berwick fellow played a bit of golf at Craigie Law. Played a little bit of golf at Craigie Law and played in the same team with Gabrielle McDonald while we're talking Europe, and we'll just digress for a second. Congrats to Gabrielle McDonald, a member of uh, the Mile of Golf podcast team. Won her first event in um, Sweden on the LET Access Tour. Uh, not last week, but the week before. So in between the time, they sort of play the LET Access plays in the middle of the week um, and then the LET on the weekends and that sort of thing, so they fill in the gap. But uh, she had her first win after applying her trade for a couple of years. Great to see her smiling and saluting. Picked up a nice little check of 6,400 euros. Uh, one in the first hole of a playoff. Uh, great young golfer, great young girl. And, um, yeah, friends of the family and friends of the podcast. So well done to you, Gabrielle. Big things ahead for you. Doesn't get her any – Doesn't she could have played in the LET, uh, but wouldn't have got anything out of, out of it. Needed a week off, come home, and um, she resets. And basically her pathway to the LET – uh, which is her goal is to finish as high as she can in the in the ranking for, on the LET access. So good luck to you, Gabrielle. If you want to listen to me and Gabrielle talk, check it out. It's in the podcast somewhere. Scroll down, and you'll find it. Um, okay, top Scott Grant Forrest. Uh, do I have to tip? A, do I have to tip a winner as well? You can if you like. Um, okay, I'm not going to go with Johannes Veerman. It's really hard to pick the European guys because there's so many that can contend. There is. It's um. 
it's funny because the, the US market is quite heavily, I mean, this week it's difficult because you've only got you know 69 players out there, but it's always quite heavily weighted to the favourites. So, the, you know, John Rahm would be $10, whereas you go to the um, Euro market and it's 20 to 1 and up. So it, it spreads it right out and, and anyone's a chance. I think Wade Ormsby is about 100 to 1. So you might, it tells you anyone can win. You might get half a half a Morikawa down on him. <laughs> Minwoo sixty-seven for you, Rocket. I'd have a full. Oh, I'm on. I'd have a full Minwoo. I'd have a full Minwoo on that. Um, um, I, I don't. On, on no other reason other than I don't mind the young man. Um, he hits it usually pr- pretty straight. Uh, Andy Sullivan. Like it. Thirty-four, and um, I'll check in with you after round three and ask you who's going to win because you have a very good strike rate at that point of picking winners. Well, <laughs> let's get to that in a second. Any other Aussies playing there? Maverick Ancliffe. Uh, he's been playing well as well. Yeah, um, it's amazing. It, he's p- he's picked up the. He's under the management guidance of uh, Modest Golf uh, now, and you know, I just wonder if that uh, is giving him that little bit of a kick that he needs to be under the uh, guidance of young young guy from One Direction who started Modest Golf a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Is now looking after a lot of young up and coming talent uh, in his golf. Yeah, you because know, you know, once One Direction finished and he. Stop being a global pop star. That's the natural pathway. You go into golf um, management. And get involved in golf, yeah. And, um, uh, he's done a great job. And anyway, young Maverick Ancliffe, good luck to you. A, there's a few. You've got Min Woo, Wade, Maverick Ancliffe, Bryden McPherson, Scott Hand, and Jake McLeod. Good luck to Bryden. Bryden's been going okay. He's got some starts in, in this European swing after, you know, we'll get Bryden on one day. I've spoken to Bryden about coming on and he's pretty popular in terms of the uh, podcast circuit, but uh, we had a game of golf. We played, he's talked about it and when the time's right, we'll do that. But yeah, Bryden's journey is an interesting one. You know, applying his trade in America, not going as well as he wanted, coming home, you know, getting into the COVID sort of routine, getting back out to some tournaments, got the New South Wales Open, started playing some really good golf, practices his hole out down there at Peninsula Kingswood. I think all, most of the divots there and sanded up divots because he always sands his divots um, on the practice fairway there attributed to Bryden after grinding so long and get some starts in Europe and he's made some cuts and been playing pretty well. So good luck to you, Bryden. Check mm. Bryden out and if you ever want to listen to someone with an interesting take on the world of golf, golf performance, golf in Australia, golf Australia, coaching, you name it, he's got a pretty well formulated opinion on uh, on the world of golf as young Bryden McPherson. Good luck to all those Aussies. Yeah. Haven't put you to sleep yet, Rocket? No, I'm just betting. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> we're not playing... <clears throat> <laughs> You're just pressing numbers on your digi- digital machine. We're not talking about betting. If you do bet, <clears throat> you follow any of these tips, um, follow them uh, with the advice that they're given. That's in fun. Uh, we don't have to take any responsibility for your wins, losses, draws, or otherwise. But do it. Whatever you do, do it responsibly. Um, I've just, I've just taken, I've just taken what Min, Min, um, Minji um, provided uh, at the uh, Women's Open, and I've rolled that into Minwoo. There you go. Okay. Speaking of Minji, we've forgotten all about Minji. had a super run at the um, Women's Open. I had money, so I've taken that and I've rolled it into a brother. Oh, well, well, well done, uh, Rocket, on getting something. So what, what did you win on Minji? Not as in uh, how many, not in terms of money, but um, what did you have her for? You know, like a place? Oh, each way. Each way, yeah. yeah. Winning a place. Winning a place. She, uh, she had a bit of work to do on the last day um, and just, Fell away in that last hole. She just got herself out of position off the tee on the 18th uh, and then just hit an ordinary shot. Well, was she out of – no, she was coming from the fairway, wasn't she? Or was she in the rough on that uh, second shot on the, going into 80th? It was from the right-hand side of the fairway slash rough, one of the two, I can't remember, but she got it a bit thick. And it's dived into the Barry Burn and then popped out. And I reckon you could hit a 1,000 balls into the Barry Burn at Carnoustie and mm. – and none, one would pop out, and she got the one popper out right, but she didn't get up and down. She had a Made the uh, most of it, yeah. So she had a five on the last and um, dropped a shot, which she didn't really need to do. But uh, anyway, the ultimate winner was uh, Anna, Anna yeah. Alquist. Yeah, I, I only watched just the start of the coverage and fell away. I didn't stay up to watch, but um, I was actually more interested in Steph Kiriakou. She was flying early, um, she was going extremely well. I would have loved to have seen her. Um, winch, but she obviously didn't get as close as she looked like she was going to for a while. But I read afterwards that um, 
she had uh, it was either the first time or the first time in a while that she'd had a proper caddy on the bag and she'd had her dad had been caddying for her over there for a while and um he's just like the rest of us he's not a professional caddy but he loves his golf and knows his golf and had been caddying and this is the first time she'd had a proper caddy on the bag and she said her head nearly fell off she they were he was giving her all the numbers and telling her how far it was to cover pots and she said it was unbelievable <laughs> I thought and you've put out an exceptional result in, in, in a um, in a really big tournament. I'd be very interested to see how she goes in the next few weeks with the proper caddy. Yeah. She's a great young golfer. It looks like she has a lot mm. of fun out there. And she's only, what, 19, 20? Yeah, yeah, well, she she would have only turned pro, what, in the last – you'll be going mad, yeah. but what, in the last six months? So yeah. it, could, it could be 12 months, could be six months. It all seems yeah. like six months in current times. But, um, <laughs> That's true. But it's recent, recently. Yeah. Yeah, no, she, she – what do you have, like? Seven or eight under on the last day, or six under, or something like that. Yeah. Well, she was she was she was four under through no, she was six under through twelve. She hit one ob on the last, so there's yeah. a, a bit of ob at the back of the green, and she's just got a little bit of a dodgy bounce um, off the off a swale, kicked it on, and just went ob. So that was um, sort of upset her final. St- but she should be very proud because she did Australia very, very proud. Got a lot of coverage, um, very well, highly spoken of by the commentary team who do an exceptional job. Alison Whitaker, great commentator. Agree. Very, very, very good commentator. Um, Iona Stephen uh, was commentating as well. She's a very knowledgeable commentator. I could listen to Iona and Alison over many of the guys. But uh, well done, Alison. Um, did a great job. Uh, the winner, Anna Nordqvist. Mm. Solid. Much to say about Anna. Did she surprise you? I, I would have. I tipped her in the last day. Um, after my who was my tip? My tip was uh, we went with Lydia Ko, didn't we? Yep. yep. Lydia Ko, Minji Lee, and I had uh, Lee Six, who fell away. It was a terrible final round. Mm. So Nordvist had one one major before that, or two majors before that. Two, two, and you know she's getting onto the. She's not. Is, would you say that she's a senior member of the European Tour and the Ryder and the Solheim Cup team? Now? In 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 ladies tour terms, she's a elder stateswoman. Thirty four, thirty fours, yeah. yeah. So she's played in a, quite a few Solheim Cups and featured there um, very strongly. Probably wouldn't have picked her at the start of the week, but you know, in that last day, she just played fairly solidly. Um, now I didn't realise that she had a bit of an issue with her short game, her chipping, um, and they talked about that. And then all of a sudden, I saw her short sided on one of the holes from the rough. Uh, she maybe had five metres of rough. 15 metres of fairway and 20 metres of green uh, and a pretty sh- up and down sort of chip, she putted it. So, you know, there's someone who uh, knows what they need to do to get the job done and she mm. ultimately got it done under a lot of pressure. They, they, they got stacked, the, the, the leaderboard got stacked at the end there. Who was, that's uh, why, who was coming? That's why you write numbers on a scorecard and don't draw pictures. There you go, Rocket. Yeah. Who, who else was uh, coming for her? Sagstrom? Yeah, Madeline Sagstrom. She'd started, she seems to be a really good starter. She, Liz, Liz Salah. Yep. Liz, Liz Salas, what a you know, she doesn't hit it as far as a lot of them, but uh, gets the job done. I think she had eighteen pars on the day, so she just didn't yeah. convert. Um, Georgia Hall, Georgia um, Hall, and oh the, oh, the one shot that I saw replayed a couple of times was the um, the girl who hit it in the bunker and and then hit it off the neck straight out, straight dead sideways, and I think she doubled the last. Uh, na- um, actually, I'm going to look at it up. Mad Madston, Nana, Nana, oh, Nana Madston, Nana Madston. Yep. Yeah. So she was she was 12 under. So the winner Anna Norcos finished at 12 under. So she was 12 under, and on 18 she was in the green side bunker, looking at the green on the left hand side, and she hit one straight out of the neck, dead right, and made double to finish at 10. That'll mm. Ouch. Yeah. And the young girl from Scotland, the young amateur girl who won the uh, the uh, whatever the name, the Salva. I forget the name. I should have it written down, but I don't. Louise Duncan. Louise Duncan. What a young talent she, she look is. a player? What a swing. What a strike. She she hits it as far as any of those uh, girls out there. She's she's a great bright hope for uh, women's golf and Scottish golf in particular. Um, it was great to see her. She had a lot of support. It was great to see some crowds out there at uh, Carnoustie. Mm, definitely. Okay. Well done, Anna Northfist. She's got a, a bit of a Scottish connection. So she is the partner of Kevin McAlpine, who's a long-term um, LPGA tour caddy and uh, is Anna's partner and a good Scotsman. So a lot of uh, the McAlpine family were across there and also uh, Anna's family from Sweden. Well done. Scottish audio systems. 
Scottish Audio Systems. McAlpine. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rockets. It's, it's late. I did. Ha- I did have a. Good. <laughs> I did have an affogato to wake me up before we come on, but uh, I was a bit slow for that one. Boom tish. Uh, okay. What else? Uh, we had the Northern Trust last weekend. That's it. We had the uh, yeah. We've left the biggest one to the last. The curse is over. That's it. Big Tony, the big tabernacle. <laughs> why? Why? Why is the curse over, Rocket? Because anyone who wins the Puerto Rico Open never wins another tournament again. Victor Hovland was the first to break the curse. Tony was the long-standing holder of the curse, and yeah. um, never looked like it was going to be broken until this week. And where did Victor win? He didn't. He did. He win on U.S. soil, or he won somewhere else again? I think. Like it actually, like he might have won in. No, it was a U.S. It was a U.S. Was one. it? Yeah. yeah. For something yeah. else, I reckon there was always like a little bit of grey area on his second win no, as well. I think it was. I think it was a U.S. one. Yeah. But um, no, it was uh, look again. It was one of those ones where everyone was there. John Rahm had it locked up for a very, very long time, uh. And then, yeah, the, the uh, final round, Tony came home quite well with a 65 and Cam Smith. Cam Smith uh, put himself right in the mix. And as Rocket said, t- Tony's done his best efforts of playing quite well late and found one better every time. And uh, he's striped one up the 18th and he's sitting one shot clear of everyone. And then he's hit this weak little cut that fell into the bunkers. And I thought he's going to fall over himself here, but got up and down, made the part and made his par and got in the clubhouse, but uh, yeah, ended up in the, in the playoff with, with Cam Smith and um, they went back to 18 and Cam Smith uh, gave one back to the gods that he got at the, what was the pairs tournament you played with Leash? Zurich. The Zurich. The Zurich was when uh, Schwarzel and Usti, an Usti fan went off into the water and, and <laughs> gave it to Leash and... Fan? <laughs> 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 a light a bit, fan. Bit, bit, bit wider than a fan. Yeah, a fan with some <laughs> side spin. And, um, yeah, Cam uh, reciprocated to Tony and, and, yeah, hit a really big big cut and then the wind got it and it was OB. So it was over there. He's double ob mm. Actually, you almost think back to that WGC. Was it, was it the WGC at, um, in the swamp? Where that you think, yep. oh, I was lo- I'm looking at the FedEx Cup standings mm. and that double on the last, could be a $10 million double. But that, you don't want to think about those things. So the the, the FedEx Cup is, uh, it's only, well, this is there's only three tournaments and the second last, that's one down out of three. So you need to be making the most of it at this time of the year. That and it's, a straight, it's a straight 10 mil, isn't it? It's like 10 mil. If you, you win, yeah. Yeah, yeah. On, on top of the money, prize money for that tournament. Correct. That that double that double could be a ten million dollar double. Unbelievable. That's a lot of fishing boats. Yeah. Did it surprise you to see him hit that shot? Like, given the fact that he just shot sixty the day before and was on. Yeah, his driver's the one thing that isn't is is the best part of his game. He's he's still prone. He's like the. Not as it's not as often, but there's that w- once in a tournament, and unfortunately, it happens to be at the end of him. <laughs> is that he's he he's he's prone to the the real loose one. Yeah, he's he's not Colin Morikawa, but his irons are exceptional, exceptional, and he puts well enough. His short, uh, but his, his short game can be a bit ugly. His short his, game oh, is he's he's Mister Trash Can. Exactly. I don't know where he rates in scrambling, but he'd be pretty high up there because he's, yeah, like, like Rocket said, he's super. Up and down out of a trash can, man. Well, so it, was, it was surprising. It was surprising, but to be honest, I, I was really happy for Tony Fino to win. Um, yeah, it seems like the, everyone on tour loves him, and um, yeah, it was really good to see. <laughs> see John Rahm's quote when they said, oh, why have you, you know, asked him why he's waiting around for, for Tony or something like that. And he goes, everyone loves Tony. Any person who doesn't love Tony has something wrong with them. <laughs> there you go. So that sums it all up. Well, you don't. You don't need any higher authority to uh, give the blessings of uh, your um, like likability factor. Is uh, when Big John Rambo comes down to see you off. That um, that's a good thing. Now he didn't. 
he didn't see you off, uh, Mike, because you tipped him. So, no, no, I didn't tip him. No, I didn't tip no, him. No, no, I, thought, I, oh, no, I, you, I um, you, you said you said you said that he would win, but you didn't tip him because he's untippable. No, I tipped I tipped Ram and said he couldn't win. No, right. because it was and I ended up being right because his uh, his odds were too short. No, it was literally um, because it was uh, yeah. I had, no, I can't remember. Who I had. Okay, so it feels like ten years ago now, because the hurricane came through on the uh, after between the third and the fourth round, um, and being in fourteen days of lockdown, I decided that Monday night was a perfect night to sit down and have a couple of gins. So while I was having a couple of gins, I decided, you know what, I'm going to have a look at the golf, and I might even stop and watch a little bit of it because they were going to start early. They were teeing off nine a.m., and in the end, um, yeah, I. I $20 on, on Tony Finau just in the hope that he might shoot a good score in the last round of win. So I won a little bit of money, but again. Yeah. Oh, so you jumped on the Finau, the curse. Yeah, but not. But I never, yeah, it was never a tip. It was just a, a last minute gin talking hope bet that he might actually do something because I wasn't going to bet on John Rahm at $2 or whatever he was paying. Uh, if you are a golfer out there playing with a curse and you need a curse broken, um, <laughs> Just come and see Mike because he can help you break that curse. Uh, yep. It might cost you half a bottle of gin or something like that. But, a, um, a couple of golf lessons. Yeah, Mike, but, uh, the curse crusher, Karidi. <laughs> but uh, if you've got a curse, you know, if you stand on the 18th and uh, you, you know, you're going to swipe one into the right uh, right rough to lose the club championship or something like that, and you've done that 17 years on the trot. That's it. No, um, I backed all the S's. That's right. I had Scheffler, Spieth, and Simpson, and they all went nowhere. Yeah, they did. Um, anyone else stand out? Eric Van Royen, he uh, got a little bit of under your skin action rocket, did he not? Yeah, someone posted the video from him at the PGA Championship acting like a complete yeah, toss was, bag. You remember that, though, when that oh, happened? That was, was a while ago, right? But he didn't... He didn't oh, I, I can't... I, I, I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think I saw it. Yeah. I think I was just so focused on Phil that you know I was blind. I had the blinkers on. Yeah, so seeing terrible. that clip again, that was like. Well, when what? they got when they got up to the green on eighteen, um, I can't remember whose caddy it was that he nearly when he took that swipe and hit that team. Yeah, he nearly hit him. Nearly hit him. When they got up to eighteen, that bloke refused to talk to him. Like refused to shake his hand. Just absolutely said, "That's just not acceptable." And Rightfully I don't think so. anyone. Yeah, absolutely. That <laughs> he went back and made like the first one just missed him, but then he went back and made sure of it and hit it a second time. Oh, look, I'm a defender or a sympathist for anyone that loses their temper on the golf course because yep. I cannot sit in the ivory tower and throw darts because no. of my history. <laughs> but what EVR did, yeah, that's just nah. I think it was Tyrrell Hatton who destroyed a, a team marker in Europe once, right? By yeah, himself. But, but, Tyrrell does it, it. but Tyrrell does it with class. Yeah, but he does it. And it's not hurting anybody. He took that swing with no care that he could nearly hit the bloke standing two feet from him and then didn't apologise. He kept walking. Like, that was... Yeah, he took one swipe, nearly got him. The guy sort of like, mm, something's going on here. And then he had another swing again yeah, and no. complete, not even... Yeah, and you're right, just walked off. Like, yeah, wasn't good. Ever hit anyone in anger on the golf course, uh, gents? Yeah, like by doing something like that? Ever no. been, Or ever been a victim of anything like that? I've nearly got... I nearly got punched up because I told a bloke that he couldn't skip on, skip the first two holes and jump on in front of me. <laughs> and I just said, mate, what are you doing? Politely. And it was, uh, wasn't was taken too well by this gentleman. He just wanted to jump on because he didn't want to wait for all the other people that were teeing off one and two. So he was going to jump down to three and I was walking off two. And I said, just, you know, I'm not, you know, if you want to join up and play together, no dramas, but you can't go past me. And he wanted to get into a fight over that. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. golf reveals life, and mm. what that person revealed on the golf course is probably exactly what he is in life. Yeah, no, I was a bit mad. I was just shaking my head. And then the worst part, <laughs> the funniest part was, he then realised he was probably in the wrong, even though he was telling me that I was taking it too far. So he marched off to the sixth, but he'd already pegged his ball up. <laughs> so he's marched off in, in a big half, and I wait till he's at 20 feet away, and then I look down and saw this ball on the ground with a, on its tee. So did you, did you want your ball? <laughs> and he had to come all the way back and pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> he had to do the walk of shame back to get his hot dot. Yeah, he wasn't happy. Yeah, yeah he would have. He would have been worthy of a stinger. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah. Hit him if I tried. <laughs> no, I got hit in the back uh, once. I got hit hit by a club once. Um, really? Yeah, at Mornington. Um, 
it was an accident, but it was an accident out of an act of aggression towards uh, the player, his club and his bag. He went to spear his club into his bag and it's missed the hole and hit the middle of the shaft, which then just sprung it off yeah. and I, into my into the back of my head. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't nice. No, I've never, I've never, most of my damage when it comes to losing my temper has been either on my own equipment. Yep. I've never, I've made sure it's not impacting my fellow playing partners. The only damage I've ever done to playing partners is when I was a young whippersnapper and learning that I could hit it reasonably long, I've landed a few into a few people. Oh, some great videos getting around about that stuff at the moment. Some guy marching back onto a tee telling someone off. Anyway, um, we digress. I wish I had – I still remember one now. I wish I had it from um, – it was the par, par four fifth at my uh, local and it's 275 metres and I was waiting on the tee and I hadn't played down there for a while and this is when I actually started to get a little bit long and um, the members down there that knew me well, they said, why are you waiting? And I said, oh, I'll probably knock it on from there and they laughed at me. I said, all right then, watch this. <laughs> I've hit it. And I've yelled four, and the guys are on the green going, like, looking around. It's one bounced hit a guy in the chest, going over the back of the green, and I've hold it for eagle coming. Jeez. Oh, well done. <laughs> Good goal. Okay. Uh, we can't talk about the top Scott market for last weekend. You did do one for me. It was uh, another 50-50 Martin Laird or Rusty Knox, but they're both Yeah, Mr. Adam, Adam Scott missed the cut. Mr. Adam Scott, Mr. Cut, Marty Laird, Mr. Cut, Rusty Knox, Mr. Cut, Bubba Watson, Mr. Cut, a few cut misses. Um, what happens this week? Where are we off to this week? The BMW. The BMW is off to a, another new track this week. Um, it makes it really difficult to figure out who's going to win because they haven't played there. Um, Case Valley? What? Case Valley, yeah. So this rubbish? I've had a bit of a look at the course. Um it looks like it's going to be somewhere where you're going to want to hit it long and you're going to want to hit fairways. Um, so I've looked at strokes gained off the tee and driving distance and strokes gained approach is always super important. And then the two things I've brought in, uh, the par threes are really long. So I've brought in par threes, um, how well they play par threes that are 200 to 225 yards long and par fours that are 450 to 500, so quite long par fours. Um, and as you'd imagine, the guys that hit the ball a long way have come up at, towards the top of the ratings. And the three that I've got this week as my picks, again, we're going to put a line through Ram, um, is uh, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, and Rockets, mate, Bryson. Rockets yeah. shaking his head. I'm shaking my head at the course, like, it, just looking at it, it reminds me of. Um, it looks a bit like Muirfield. It's um, I don't know. Oh, oh, it's, you look at the the courses. This used to be the Western Open. If anyone doesn't realise, mm. and you look at the courses in the last ten sort of years, you've had Cherry Hills that's had been there, Conway Farms, <laughs> Crooked Stick, Aronimink, mm. Medina, Olympia Fields, yeah, Caves Valley. What, what what is 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 this one of those courses that some kids created on Tiger Woods PGA Tour PC edition? <laughs> oh, I, I I did not know it. It's and it's tough because one of the best things when you're trying to figure out the form is well you go back and look at the course and how people played there in years gone by. Caves Valley, no, no history. What are there dinosaurs there or you know <laughs> Neanderthals? Some carvings. Some Hundred percent be some Neanderthals after a couple of Michelob lights. <laughs> so, Rocket is is Bryce no chance or what? Did you see what he did? What did he do now? <laughs> He's clueless. Birdie yeah. bogey, double bogey machine. He had a whole Whatever. he had a whole nine holes where he didn't make a par, didn't he? Yeah, I'm over him. Okay, this is it, it, watching him. Let's not talk about him. You know. oh, sorry, we've got you on arrest from <laughs> on holidays from Bryson bashing. Sorry, the Bryson free zone. I'd give you a top Scott market, but there's no Scots. No, gone. None of them. None of them made it through. None the of them top, made it through. Top seventy. Well, it was top seventy, but Patrick Reed's got double pneumonia or something, and he's in hospital, so he's out. So you mean COVID? 
That's what I think. I I can't imagine that he's got a lung complaint that COVID. COVID. Yeah. We'll wait and see. I reckon it has Look, to come his, out. His little fat ass hasn't got <laughs> vaccinated and he's got COVID and he doesn't want to admit it. Well, if he's in hospital with COVID, he's not in a good shape then because uh, he's, he's withdrawn last week and he's not playing this week, which means that the odds of him playing um, Ryder Cup would be less. No. Yeah. Yeah, double trilateral, bilateral. Whatever it was, yeah. For pneumonia. pneumonia. <laughs> COVID. Okay, well, I'm going to have to go with the top um, uh, St. George's Cross market. Have we got Ian Poulter in there? And uh, No, I don't think he made it through. To didn't, the top. Didn't, didn't make it through? No, I think he just missed the top seven. Okay, so it's out of Paul Casey. Well, we'll include Rory in there, um, being uh, from Northern Ireland in the UK. So we've got Rory, Lee, and um, Paul Casey. I am going to go with Lee Westwood. Like it. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Needs to needs needs another strong result just to shore up his you know Ryder Cup activities. So um, we'll see. Oh, and Shane Lowry, the only other one there. That's Ireland. He's Irish. He's, he doesn't. So oh, I'm just looking at the market that they have. Is oh, okay. GB and Ira. So they got McElroy, Casey, Lowry, Westwood. Nothing against. I love Shane Larry, and but I'm just sticking with. The, it makes it easy for me, right? If I just go with yep. GB, and, GB and leave the I out. Yeah. If, if there was more than one Irishman in there, I would have an Irish market. But uh, it just makes it easy for me. Uh, Lee Westwood out of Rory and uh, Paul Casey. Um, Cam Davis. Cam. Uh, so you got the Cam, the C's versus the M's. You got Cam Smith, Cam Davis, Mark Leach, and Matt Jones. Uh, the Aussies, which is good to get four Aussies in um, out of the top 70. And, and Adam Scott probably should have made it through too, I think. He had just finished off quite poorly, didn't he? I mm. think. He missed the cut yeah. last week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm on him, Cam. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be, look, it'll be interesting to see how the course is. It doesn't look super exciting. It sounds it's like Tom. It's- Far- I just looked at who designed it, Tom Fazio. Mm. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, Palpatine for the Sith Lords of Pontevedra. <laughs> Not for profit. Um, Not for profit. <laughs> okay, there we go. The drawbridge. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll summarise those. Mike, you've got notes of all of those. Uh, just in closing, we've been jocular about having a a form competition, uh, a tipping competition that might run for the season next year just to keep us... Uh, on track uh, with this type of discussion and just to give everyone who does tune to um, tune in uh, something to, to follow along with. So we're going to do that. Uh, Phil Kethel from Sydney, thank you for sending your information. Uh, we've put that into the uh, correlation machine that correlates with uh, the statistician, chief statistician of the team, Magic Mike. So we might run something starting for the next season, which starts in about three weeks. We may do it quarterly. And then we may have a like a majors market, and we might have an overall couple of overall winners. We might try and get, um, you know, we might chip in uh, ten dollars each and you know get a couple of drum and golf vouchers or something like that as a prize. We'll, we'll work some something. cheese, some cheese, uh, and some a wheel of cheese. A wheel of well, for that, the, the smallest wheel I think we make is about a kilo. I don't know what anyone's going to do with a kilo of cheese. <laughs> Have a, lot of, of, have a lot of fun. That's what I reckon. We could do one of those weird, the cheese rolling things. Find a golf course with a big hill, and you know, next time we go on yep. a trip, we instead of a stimp meter, we've got a cheese meter. Cheese meter, do that. Or what, what's what's the greens rolling at? They're rolling That's at three it. three yep. wheels. We've got the uh, the uh, King Island smoked cheddar and about a <laughs> three kilo wheel that would work perfectly. Tell me that doesn't have some appeal to the marketing boffins at uh, King Island Dairy. <laughs> That's it. Don't worry about don't worry about how good it is to make cheese at King Island. Have you ever rolled a wheel of this stuff down a golf course? Yeah, Let's get involved. Those guys in England running down like fools racing after it. We'll just use it as a stint meter. Uh, uh, but yeah, we will do that. Uh, have and do they make any small ones you can putt with? Well, like those they're, pills. No, they're, like, they're squares. Yeah, the, <laughs> the putt. The, 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 just get a round, the round mozzarella or something. Cut the end off. So it's tea like markers a, like a yep. like a putting pill. So you got to hit it straight. Um, I'll speak to the boys at Cape Wickham, see if they can organise to just put all these things all across the golf course just to dress it up. <laughs> Some tea boxes covered in cheese. Uh, Mrs Rocket, uh, Ma Rocket down there in uh, Port Arthur, 
thank you for um, your ratings and reviews and continual support. Uh, Mike, uh, Ma Rocket wants your address. Oh, um, yes. Yes, she wants your address. And, uh, and I Again, have- bypassing me. <laughs> You've been cut. You missed a cut. Uh, and so I'll, I'll no, because she knows that the goods won't won't make it out of my address. Uh, uh, Ma Rocket, uh, there will be a T-shirt uh, being produced for you. I just need to get a couple of extra ones printed. Uh, how good are the T-shirts and the stickers going? I've seen them popping, popping up everywhere. Stickers on my laptop, even Stick- though I'm locked down and no one can see them. Stickers on your laptop. Uh, there's a couple of T-shirts going out to different parts. Uh, John Cornish was representing in Brighton, Brighton down the other day. Uh, we've got uh, got a couple going overseas. It's good. We got to see, see a couple of stickers on the, some click gears and that sort of thing up in Gimpy. Mm. Love it. Love it. Yeah, Mike, send me the address. I will be the good boy and the good son and pass on the uh, details so she can shoot you some shortbreads. Where's my kiss biscuits, Mum? Uh, I'm out. My rocket, you know, stay tuned. We're putting a marketing together plan. Yeah, Mike's the FMCG marketing expert, so we, we might have to go into production here. My rocket's my love of golf, Scottish shortbreads. Whoa. I can see the orders maybe, being. Maybe, maybe that could be part of the prize for the uh, the tipping competition. The, well, there you go, yeah. yeah. Sponsored by My Rocket Industry. <laughs> my Rocket Industries. <laughs> Inc. Inc. Incorporated. <laughs> Tasmania PLC. Oh, dear. Must be late. Uh, MRI. Not, must be late because now we're getting silly. Um, gents, I think we've covered most things, have we not? We've certainly covered yeah. uh, waffling on for an hour. Um, we've covered, ticked that part off. That's done. Yeah. Um, talked about some golf. Uh, told some stories. Um, tried not to bash Bryson too much. Okay. That's expected these days. So we've had we've gone easy on that this week. I haven't done one. No, um, and we've thrown a bit of love to Mar Rocket, who um, is the team sponsor of uh, Scottish Shortbridge. Excellent. <laughs> Great work, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. If you got this far, um, thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, if you have got this far, it means you like listening to us. Go on, <laughs> go on and leave us a review over at iTunes. Uh, that's the biggest thing that you could do to say thank you. Uh, leave us a review over there, um, a little five star. I think it's pretty easy to do on an Apple iPhone. Um, I'm, a, I'm an Android man, so I can't I can't review myself any more than I already have. Just move your thumbs thumbs around on your screen. Like, what else are you going to do while you're on the toilet? Five stars. That'd be great. All right, yeah. guys. Until we see you next week. <laughs>